Have you ever gone out on a limb and really put yourself on the line? Have you ever risked it all for something that you're passionate about, that you truly believe in? Well, that's exactly what my next guest did. Her name is Suzanne Chambers, and she's an optometrist turned writer, producer, and actor. She's a filmmaker that's passionate about bringing awareness to issues that matter through telling provoking stories with a special interest in women's health and minority groups. And that's a really important voice that she shares. She's also the recipient of, you know, multiple grants, awards, and she is backed by the Australian industry because, well, quite frankly, she's a determined woman who is on the rise. She has an online series called Suka that she co-wrote and is producing, as well as a feature film, which is being supported by Film Victoria and was a producer on Unsound, a film that recently hit Netflix and won a multitude of awards. I can't wait for you to hear, you know, Sue's story. Uh, she shares everything from how how hard it was to get a massive project like a feature film that is on Netflix off the ground. Um, she talks about the struggles financially of how that came about and the challenges that she faced along her creative journey. All right, without further ado, let's bring to the show the beautiful Suzanne Chambers. Hey there, I'm Josephine Lancuba and you're listening to Business Arts and All That Jazz. I've been immersed in the creative business world and performing arts industry for over 20 years. I know from experience that being an artist, a creative or running a creative business can be a tough gig, but I'm here to tell you it's possible. I went from having zero dollars to my name and living below the poverty line to then living paycheck to paycheck to finally living a life of comfort, happiness, passion and even stability. In this podcast, I peel back the curtain and share with you the ups and downs of my journey. Plus, I tap into the minds of creative industry experts to discover their paths to success. I know you have a spark inside of you, that little voice that tells you to reach for the stars. I want to help you step into your limelight to have the courage to live a life you dream of, a life that you design. So get ready to be entertained and inspired as we talk business, arts, and all that jazz. Hello, hello, and welcome to the beautiful Sushan Chambers. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Thank you for being here. Oh, thank you for having me, Jo. It's a pleasure. <laughs> it's a pleasure, yay, because, I mean, we met many moons ago um, as, you know, emerging actors. That's right. And, you know, keen actors getting out there. Um, we shared an agent. We we saw each other at commercial castings and, and on the job. So that's sort that's of the story of how we met, which has changed it fun yeah since I'll, then it has, has it does yeah <laughs> for sure it's been a whirlwind right from from that first inception I mean look quite frankly I have to say you do amaze me um you're now not just an actor but you're also a writer a producer you're a mum how many kids do you have I've got three kids yeah so, so mum of three which is amazing um but you weren't always in the biz were you so you started off as an optometrist <laughs> yes which I, which I still devil into you know um, you know it's uh it's part of filmmaking and you know expensive development as yeah, they call yeah. it so how did you go from being an optometrist and a business owner because you had an optometry business I no an optometry um I had a integrative wellness center for women on the Sunshine Coast um but yeah so I did start off as an optometrist but I, I know it sounds so cliche, but when I uh, finished high school, I got into medicine and I got into full-time musical theatre. But uh, being Asian, I was not allowed to do anything creative. So I wasn't, I didn't do it, obviously, the musical theatre. And I didn't do medicine either because I went, no, it's going to take too long. And so I ended up uh, picking optometry because I figured the eyes are the windows to the soul. And I, you know, it's, it's a 
really, you know, if you had to pick any part of the body to look at, I mean, really, the eyes tell it all, right? Um, Amazing. I mean, you mentioned there, sorry, I I just want to pedal back there. You said you Mm. weren't allowed to do musical theatre. Is that your parents or what? Yeah, parents, yeah. They wouldn't, um, because obviously I do well at school, but I even wanted, I even said, look, I'm happy to do an extra subject in HSC and do drama as an extra subject I can deal with it because I'm doing well my other subjects but I wasn't allowed so so I think it's that's why I think in terms of where it's come I've I've always had that passion for creative arts um you know I just did the you know societal norm and expectation thing um in terms of you know having the career as an optometrist and sometimes I think everything happens for a reason because in optometry, I very early on went into, you know, being a, a manager, an executive with large corporates. So that business side of things was something I quite enjoyed, which turns mm. out is really, really handy for the entertainment industry as a business, as a producer generally. So I think, you know, look, things happen, right, for a reason. Um, and, um, and then it wasn't until... You know, I had my my children, my three kids, and I was actually looking for something for them to do, actually during the school holidays <laughs> when my youngest one was one um, and my, old, my older ones. That, um, that's when we popped into NIDA. We'd moved back to Sydney then. And, um, and yeah, then I went, oh, and I thought, oh, why don't I just do something for me, you know, now that my, yes. my, at least my youngest one's at least one. So that's when I auditioned for one of their programs and I got in and that's how that's when everything's changed. I went, I just love this. So, you know, it's like coming home in a sense of I just went, I really love this. I want to see if I can change my life around to see if I can make that work. Maybe there was a bit of rebellion in there from your parents that made you focus on the arts as well, was there? Oh, I just loved it. I don't know. I just always, I mean, I mean, the thing is, you know, it's too Asian thing, right? You do the piano and you do the ballet lessons and you do the speech and drama when you're younger, you know, that kind of stuff. It was so like that, right? And I really loved doing all that stuff. Um, but I think, you know, when you, you know, it's just what it is. You hit high school, you know, then you've got to knuckle down, do HSC, you know, things start to, you know, yeah. you've got to really focus. So, yeah. Okay, but, um, and, I, and, you know, you, you started that pursuit of acting, you found that class, and then what was your first acting gig? Like what was your oh, first paid role? Do you remember that? God, I'm trying to remember. Well, I'm sure it would have been a TVC. A it would have been. Yeah. A, it, surely it would have been because um, yeah. I think one of the first roles I did, oh, no, maybe not then. No, that was a bit later because that was how I fell into them producing afterwards um, in another role. But I'm sure my first pay gig would have been a TVC. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, you know, hey, it's lucrative. Commercial work is very lucrative for actors and it absolutely keeps you going. I mean, we know yeah. as creatives that the world of performance and entertainment is certainly turbulent right Mm. (laughs) and it is one of sacrifice I mean whether you you know you can look at it any which way you want but there is a level and and I suppose there's a level of sacrifice in every business journey um in the art sometimes a little bit more so (laughs) for longer anyway um and you know I recall we had a chat back in a cafe a long time ago a couple of years back and we were talking about you producing the feature film Unsound, and that's now on Netflix and, you know, mm. all the things. And it was just such a crazy ride for you. Mm. Take me back to that that whole Unsound project and that process and, and the turbulence of that. Yeah. Well, because of my public health background, I've always been quite passionate about um, stories that matter. Um, it has to mean a lot for me to be able to get up every morning and fight for it, to get it up, because honestly, to get any show up is it's hard work and can take years um and so when i decided to um do producing professionally you know set up the production company and all that kind of stuff um uh unsound was one of the first concepts i was interested in making um because for those that don't know about unsound what's unsound about? oh so it is about deaf culture and pride and Mm. it is a so it's a romance, you know, drama yeah. um, where a, a deaf trans boy falls in love with a, uh, a musician. Um, and, um, you know, it is about, you know, love is love. And it's, a, it's obviously coming of age story, right, for the two of them, these two characters. And it did stem from the fact that um, my 
brother's best friend, um, he was actually a deaf boy who actually took his own life in in mm. um, high school. And um, it's something that, again, I'm, I'm very, very passionate about minority voices and, you know, those who are made to feel other in this world. Um, and I, and I, something that I just wanted to kind of shine the light on in a sense, in an entertaining way. Um, so with that, uh, and this was like, gosh, 2000, it was 14, I don't know, 15. It was a long time ago. Now it feels. Um, that's when I uh, approached Ali Burnham, who was a writer for Unsound. Um, I'd worked with her um, as a script editor on something else and other projects. And I thought she was very talented. She also um, has um, family members in the deaf and the queer community as well. Um, and it was something that she was quite passionate about also telling a story about. So it was actually quite literally more conceptual to actually then creating it from scratch, this the whole story. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, it was, you know, I mean, look, it's, times have changed a lot, but six years ago when we first started embarking on this on this film, um, I guess diversity wasn't a such a big thing, um, you know, in a sense that people weren't talking about it. Mm-hmm. Um, people weren't as open. So for me to pitch something that's one in the disability space as well as the queer space, it's like what you know and we're talking about very conservative and it still is quite conservative um you know marketplace here particularly in australia so it's almost like and i do find these with my projects that often i'm a bit before my time if you know what i mean because yes. if, if if now we were bringing out the project to be a very different story you know what i mean yeah it's just the way it is well it won multiple awards it's now on it oh, only recently dropped on yes that's Netflix. because of covid covid was a was perfect timing it just was right when we were trying to release it theatrically but um but yeah so I think for us it was very what was probably more surprising was the I guess the politics behind you know the things Mm. that came up with it um and but also what was also reassuring was and also support we had you know it was kind of on both sides um and I and to be honest if I wasn't so passionate about telling such stories I probably would have dropped it a long time ago because of how challenging it was to get up um but again that's what I mean I have to really really believe in it to really keep going yeah Um, I mean I've seen the film it's you know I was just mesmerized by it because even you know, you talk about how, oh, well, we talk about diversity now and six years ago it was different to now. I've never seen a film that presents disability in that way and presents it as ability. Like I just loved how um, there were just, you know, Auslan and all of the, the actors that were involved in making that process and watching scenes literally without speech and just using, you know, all of the, you know, Auslan language. And I just thought, wow, that's that's amazing. I've never seen anything like that before. And it was easy to follow and it makes you think, why are we seeing more of this just as part of the norm? You know, because I found it enjoyable viewing. Why aren't we seeing more of this? What, what do you think about that? Yeah, well, look, that's what I mean about, I guess, the politics of things, you know, because, mm. um, like, now... I mean, first you've obviously got the marketplace where we don't see many things. And if it's, we're looking at a conservative marketplace where they like to have antecedents, they like to compare what your film is with past films and their performance. If you're one of the first of its kind, there is nothing to compare it to, which makes it then hard for any, you know, distributors and sales agents to mm. pick it up and have faith and confidence to put money behind it to be then sell it, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, we were quite lucky to have that distribution in the sales agents by a lot of me, as I said, quite literally for years, you know, going out there, you know, to markets and pitching it out. Um, and, you know, it, it's, but it's funny because for these stories to get out, they, it's like any story to be frank in Australia, particularly any, in any independent film, you need to have the right um, print and advertising and then might, the right financial backing to promote the film right, to yeah. get out. And the thing is only the bigger distributors um, really have the money behind that. But the thing is they want those big tent pole films. They want the ones that have bums on seats. They don't like anything niche or too risky. So so it's almost like for films like this t- 
to be seen, to have more diverse stories to be seen. It's almost like these bigger distributors need to have a, take a chance, right? You did to, receive to a actually, grant, though, right, for that project. Is that right? Uh, we received completion fund. Uh, no, we received a little bit from Queer Screen. We nearly got a grant from Screen Australia. Um, we we'd end up losing that because our director stepped off a couple of weeks before pre. Yeah, and how much was that grant worth that you? It was half a million. It half was half a million dollars. Yeah, it was half a million. Yeah, mm-hmm. they were well, they were willing to give us a chance. Um, it was just a shame that um, yeah of what happened. Um, but that's what I mean by people get nervous and when it is so new and they and you're boundary pushing because you, you know you've got to put your name on the line right and there's mm-hmm. a lot of pressure. And so, you know, there's a lot of pressure to deliver, um, you know, and it's one of those things that, um, you know, I'm fortunate that uh, my good friend and colleague from film school, you know, Ian Watson, ended up stepping into that role, who is a very experienced director and obviously could, you know, take that on at that point. But um, but that's what I mean where, you know, when you're going, okay, I'm get, bringing in something so new to the market, is it going to work? Is it not? You know, and, and that's when you need everyone's support to be yeah. able to do it. And I think, and not having that backing, I think in the end really changed the course of the whole film because, you know, really to have federal funding and even state funding um, um, support is critical in terms of um, the marketplace response to it, you know. Yeah. Um, so it, it would is have. Is there any sort of resentment there towards that director, that, that war? Oh. <laughs> It took me a long time to, it's taken me a long time to basically get to a point where I'm like, I'm actually really happy for her in terms of what she's actually done um, and what she's achieved. Because if I hadn't believed in her to start off with, um, I wouldn't have asked her, do you know what I mean, to actually direct Mm -hmm. the film. And and she's super talented. She's very aligned with um, the thematics of the film. Um, So, yeah, no, but it's um, it did cost um, myself and my family a lot personally to then continue to get that up. How so? Um, So, oh, well, financially, you know, I, you know, if you lose that much money so close, it's either the film drops or you or do you keep it going? Do you know yeah. what I mean? And so, that was hard too because you had a lot of, I mean, you had, um, you know, A-grade celebrity names that were cast in the film. You had all of this, you know, yeah, fantastic Australian crew as well that was on board. Private investors had drawn down. There was everything was ready to go. The our lead actor from LA was about to fly. You know what I mean? So at that point, it was a critical point of when that happened. Um, but yeah, so, you know, it was one of those things that I probably wouldn't wish my worst enemy to go through, to be honest, it was very hard. Um, you know, like I was, that's what I mean by, you know, still doing my day job as an optometrist, um, during, even during that shoot, I was working, you know, 14 hour days on set on that, you know, being there on set. Um, and then I was working every Saturday and Sunday as an optometrist, even during the shoot. To just obviously to make money and just and to try to get by financially. Yeah, and and I'm and thank you for being so candid about that because mm. we often see the shiny result. You know, uh, this film that's you know won sure. these awards and is on Netflix and has all these celebrities in it and it's all red carpet. But what people don't know is, like I said prior, that sacrifice piece. Yeah. You know? And I, and I honestly think that a lot of filmmakers, there's always sacrifice in any film. Yeah. I don't think there's any film that gets up without some form of something happening or a lot of grit or, you know, something that, you know, the the team, the key creative team had to push through a lot to get something up. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I'm surprised when I hear it even from producers of big major films when I hear what they went through and what they had to sacrifice and do as well to get theirs up. And I went, really? Someone at that calibre? I was like, wow okay so it's not just us little one little ones that, yeah. that also have to you know do that as well but do you um, see yourself as a little one now and I know you're talking about like multi-million dollar budgets into international budgets and investors and whatnot but do you see yourself as the little guy anymore because I think you've achieved something really bigger than the little guy you know oh uh, yeah yeah well thanks Joe uh but yeah no I'm still classified as emerging <laughs> <laughs> we're all emerging. If we're all emerging forever. I don't know where we're freaking going. We're all emerging. all emerging. Exactly. Yeah. So that's it, right? 
um, if you look at the definitions of it. <laughs> I know, I um, know. But yeah, but you know what? Like, as I said, like, it's, you know, I know that um, I became a, a, you know, a stronger and a better person through that experience because I had to really dig deep and really find that strength, you know, to keep going through that. Mm. As I said, it was quite tough times for myself and my family after that. Um, Does your husband still love you, Sue? Well, he's still with me. (laughs) I know I questioned that. I went, are you sure? You you know, I mean, yes, you. I think it might be that we've known each other since high school. So we're very, we've always been very good friends and we've gone through so many up and downs um, that he's a big support. Fortunately, I think you need someone like that in your corner. Oh, totally, totally, absolutely. And you know what? I think this applies to any business owner. I mean, people put their houses on the line. They mortgage their homes for businesses. They do all of these things. And it's it's such a risk. And the anxiety and the fear that can come from that, not just from you, but from the people that you love. Mm -hmm. And that's part of that personal sacrifice. It's not just an internal thing. It's about the on-flow effect was it worth it? Did it pay off? Well, that's it. I mean, I think from a, from a, I mean, this is the thing. I think when I intuitively, if I go, what did I learn from it? Um, I couldn't, I would never have learned any of that from film school. Do you know what I mean? Like you, oh, you can't, you don't, you can't. Um, so what I know now and the growth as I said, I don't think I would have liked to have to have gone through that again ever. You know, when you go, you know, some people go, oh, I would have gone through that again. I'm like, I don't particularly want to go through. I, would, I wouldn't chose to go through that again. But in terms of what I learned, I grew from that. Does that make sense? And obviously yeah. the outcome, because, yes, the film has obviously helped me now in terms of, you know, be, people do take me more seriously because they know that even through tough stuff you know tough times you can actually deliver and do deliver something great do you know what I mean like and the connections and the you know the Australian industry is a small industry let's be real compared to Mm. international markets yeah the fact that you were able to produce that at that level within this industry I think you know that's a bit of street cred for sure and well deserved because you need that you need to build these connections in order to thrive within a smaller pool Yeah, well, I think a lot of people, I think in the industry as well, you know, it's, you know, a lot of people, they spend years in development or it's all about, you know, what do they actually do? I think, I think in our industry, it's very much what, it's it's what you show and what you can do in the end. Mm. Like, you know, that, that actually shows more because you can do as much as you want, but unless you actually make a film, right, at that level and once you, you know, that's when you go, okay, you've gone through that rigour, you've gone through that process. Um, yeah. and, and I remember people asking me, oh, is this your first feature film? And I went, yes, and they, they gave me this look. And I always wondered what that meant. And then I now go, I've gone through it, and I'm like, I know what that means. <laughs> when, <laughs> it's like this whole, this whole this first feature film thing that you have to go through because, it, it, you know, again, yeah. at that level, um, it was a $2 million film, right? So, um, yeah. you know, which is quite significant. And I think, you know, it is, it, is a, it was a big one to take on for my first. Yeah. Um, yeah. Amazing. Sure. Well, you know, you know, I'm a talent agent. I represent artists. So I understand the casting process, but I would love to hear your take on how you actually get access to these sorts of, um, you know, the talent that you Caliber. were after, these A-grade talents, um, how did you go about that? How, did you know who you wanted or did you put it out to agents and then they just sent you who they had or did you really, like, fish for people? Like, how did that work? Well, we, I mean, we had a uh, uh, hard task with casting because we wanted to cast as authentically as possible. And mm-hmm. so, you know, um, because we had deaf characters in the show, we wanted to make sure that we had deaf actors, which in Australia is few and far between. Um, to make it even more complicated, um, one of the main leads also was in early transition as well. So, you know, so was still female assigned at birth, but was obviously transitioning, you know, to be Actually, I wondered that if the lead um, was actually... Yeah, trans or not, or yeah. early, yeah. And we had a lot of discussion and consultation with the community, um, and we tried to find someone who was deaf and trans, or at least <sighs> early transitioning. Sorry, um, I shouldn't laugh, but geez, you really put it, yourself. Oh, out I there know. On that's that why that I mean, I'm like, why do I do this? Yeah, exactly. Like, why? 
<laughs> I was like the hardest casting. Um, and, um, and you know, I did work with a casting director who, again, um, was just as passionate. Um, it, it's a team thing. Your, your team has to be passionate. Your team has to, you know, trust each other and back each other up, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and she was great. This is Chintzia. Um, she really believed in it and stuck through and it was it's hard it we end up having to search the whole world to try and uh, to try to find someone who was deaf and trans um and um and also oh and also don't forget that they can act as well yeah, uh, so right. you know so it's not yeah. just about being deaf and trans yeah 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 sure we've got to find yes it's about right, finding an actor act, yeah yeah as well so yeah which is quite hard and I think so yeah. in the end and look in the end we ended up it said we we had consultation from the from the trans community as well but um in the end we end up um you know, casting Yana, who is deaf, um, she's actually also um, queer. She's not trans. Yeah. And what the um, the uh, trans community was saying was, okay, well, look, the fact you've got a deaf, you know, a deaf actor, which is hard to find as well, um, and also the fact that in the story, um, uh, the um, the boy is actually in early transition. So you know, still female assigned at birth, but hasn't started to take any hormones or anything else like that and da 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 at the beginning. You know, so that was okay. Um you I think talk about different. this community. Who are like where do you speak to these people? Like was it a survey? Well, we just reach out. No, we just reach out to people. We try to reach out to people right. um who are within or outside of the film industry who are who are trans. Um there's actually quite a lot of support out there, you know, even with the disability community as well, you know. Um so cool. you know it so that so that was good. Um, I mean, as I said, Ali's already already got family ties and links as well into you know into the community as well. Um, but um, it was yeah, it's obviously you know talking with a lot of them, um, having them on. We we had them involved from script development in the script, um, you know, right even being on set, rehearsal, in post, all the way through. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, like you've worked with you know a whole caliber of artists, right from the, the the emerging the emerging artist the emerging actor to you know people that have been doing this for a long hundred years and 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 done you know Hollywood films what's it like working with such a range of talent like what's that actually like on set do you see a difference between that person that's been in that Hollywood blockbuster versus you know the newbie on set it depends on it actually depends on the actor. Because you, mm. you do see a range. There are some actors who, are, you know, those famous actors who are so down to earth and so normal and, you know, they're just they're happy to mingle around and, you know, be with everyone, you know, for lunch and, you know, for cat- during catering and, and breaks and stuff like that and they just talk normally and they're fun to be with. Um, and then, you yes, you, then you've got the ones who um, probably a little bit more um, separate, if you know what I mean, or they, you know, they... They, they stay in the caravan. They stay, yeah, or well, they just they they are a bit separate to the rest of yeah, the yeah. the ensemble, um, but they're still you know we fortunately you know they're all very down to earth and very lovely to work with and just very just normal people to be frank, which I was very happy <laughs> to yeah. to be able to have. I think that's really important, um, and um, yeah, because as I said, it it takes a community <laughs> to make a film that includes all the actors, and you want yeah. the right people for sure yeah amazing yeah. um you know unsound was presented through your production company wise goat productions. productions yeah um so that was your producing debut or do As, you have did you have other projects through that company prior to to unsound yeah no unsound was my first feature but i'd made you know a lot of other shorter form projects as well mm-hmm. that are that I've either produced or co-written or whatever. So, um, yeah, and um, so that's why I mean you learn from each of the things you make. You do every yeah. short film, every online series, whatever it is, you learn something different. And that's actually what prompted me to go to film school at Afters. Actually, before I made Unsound, because I went, okay, I learned by doing. I made a lot of mistakes, but I learned a lot by making all my short form content. And then, I'm like, okay, enough. But I, before I do make my, my first feature, I want to make sure I, you know, cross my T's, dot my I's, make sure I covered everything from a, theory, you know, theoretical knowledge point of view. Yeah. Um, that's why I went to film school. But um, but then, it's, again, that still I didn't, you know, again, 
it's not until you actually make the film that's when you really learn how things actually yeah, work totally. practically speaking Always on the job right on the job it is and I it think, is um you you really jumped in like I know you did like it's not like oh overnight success I know there's been like decades of learning and growing and development yeah, yeah. and courses and all the things yeah but smaller projects but you really dived in big with your first feature do you recall that moment you decided to move from being the actor to then being the producer or, or writer like how did that all eventuate when did you decide you know what I want to I want to move away I know you still do acting as well, but I want to really move away from that and try something new in this space. Um, well, I think it's kind of both hand in hand because how producing came about was because I was cast in a film um, and what happened was that the the writer had a falling out with the crew and I and because the film was actually something really important, I think it was about domestic violence and things, and I went, this is, this is a really important film to, you know, story to tell. I'll help you find your crew. This is what I told the writer. Look, I'll help you find your crew and whatever and make it happen for you. And then when I got all the crew together, they said, we don't have a producer. And they said, you do it. And I went, what? Like, I was like, what are you talking about? So that, that's actually how my first producing wow. film happened. It's because I was cast in it and then I went that way. I and think I they think, probably saw your business sensibility. Yeah, and, and yeah, and that's when I realised, I went, oh, my God, this is just like having a business. And because I'd owned businesses before, you know, but obviously in, in more integrative health and women's health. But because I'd, I'd started a business from scratch and I've done all that business, I went, this is, it's quite literally making a film is like starting a business from scratch, but every single time that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, and I, and that's how I, I discovered that I really, really loved it. I went, oh my God. And then I went, okay, well, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it properly, you know, do the business plan, what your business goals and values are as, as a team blah, 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 and, and what you stand for, what your voice is. And, and that's become clearer over time as I've obviously worked through. Um, but yeah, but no, I mean, I always call acting my heart and I call uh, producing my head and then I call writing both the merging of both, the head and the heart, because when you write, you I find that you do write with your heart and your head together. And, What's um, your first love? Is it acting, producing? Oh, first love is, is the acting. Or optometry. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, no, I, I'm happy to put that to put that hat down any time if I could. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, but, yeah, no, um, you know, acting is my first love. It always has been. And um, and I think with the and the writing, it's funny because I always and I don't know if this is a female thing or just a thing we do, but you know, with all my other projects, where I've, some of them I've co-written, but some of them I've just asked a writer, you know, to go if, if I found the, someone who was aligned, and I went well, and they they tell me they're a passionate writer, I go, well, I'll support you. Why don't you? This is a concept that I have. Would you be happy to write it? Do you know what I mean? And support mm-hmm. them. Whereas I'm going, but actual fact, I can probably write. You know, and I actually really enjoy the writing. Um, and also, I find that when I'm writing, I'm actually a lot quicker because I just I write. You know, I just go for it. And mm-hmm. I think it's um, and it just shouldn't surprise me anyway. For, for some reason, you know, I just took a, a while to actually do it myself. But when I was in high school, like I typed English, I was a, I love narrative writing. You know what I mean? It was just yeah. again, it's one of those things that. I just, you know, again, you just ask someone else, you know, you kind of go, oh, no, you do it and da-da-da. But, yeah, so now it's really great um, me merging this writing, producing and, and doing both because I can I can write really quickly um, and, um, you know, and I'm in control of, you know, in terms of finding the script editor, you know, then my producer hat comes on and then I make it all happen. So it, it can move a lot quicker um, mm. that way. Okay. Amazing. Yeah. Um, I want to say also congratulations on being a participant of the SPA's diversity mentor position. Um, for everyone listening in, what is that? What's involved? Tell us about that. Yeah, so it's with Screen Producers Australia. So yeah. I'm a full member of that. Um, and um, what they're trying to do is obviously bring in, um, I guess, the the emerging or the, you know, that fresh blood essentially into council. So mm-hmm. council obviously for the Screen Producers Association is there to obviously support what they do, you know, to, you know, like bouncing off ideas and to help with um, what they need to do to, to support and advocate for producers, right, in this country. Yeah. Um, they do, it's a really, really important organisation and it's 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 so necessary um, because there's obviously a lot of changes with you know, with just more streaming platforms now coming in and, and trying to make sure we still make Australian stories, right, and um, and yeah, to so help important. producers to have a sustainable career in this country and to make 
our stories and so and it is really really important with so many changes particularly internationally right happening mm. that um that you know we have a body um that does support businesses and producers because really without producers you can't you don't have films you know you don't have tv there's no work you know who's going to employ the actors do you know what i mean you, you know so it's really even though we are kind of the behind the scenes and no one really knows about what we do and often <laughs> who we are that's right but but pretty much producers are the ones that make things happen we're the ones that run the business so to speak um yeah, and absolutely. the project so if you don't have a producer you can't it's you you, you know you, you don't really can't get anything up really do you think it is a sustainable career it's a very hard career um i've been um reading up a lot about the producers in the US who've recently started their own producers union as well to again to support producers because again you you don't get any really accolades really there's no thanks you know it's not like the writers and or the, not even the directors and the actors who are you know they're on the red carpet and and all that kind of thing it's um it's it's very you get all the responsibility you know everything the good and the bad that comes with that right the buck stops with you as a producer um financially or otherwise so you know it is like almost like a thankless job that you have for years on any one project yeah and sometimes yeah. i go hmm, why am i doing this again uh, but that's what i mean I if you have to if it wasn't because i'm passionate about that particular story or whatever it is and for me i do want to make that positive difference my life at a time that's my motto right um so and if i didn't feel strongly enough about it i wouldn't i wouldn't be here i wouldn't bother do you know what i mean yeah. you, you can't you have you can't just be willy-nilly doing that it, it does you can't do it um you, you know you, ha you have to have that perseverance and that drive to keep going because it is yeah. it's just super hard um and I, yeah and i think um you know i think more credit sometimes need to go to producers because they do put everything on the line you know to make 100 i'm a theatrical producer um yeah. so i totally get it and you know it's interesting because it's different i mean obviously screen is different to, to stage but it is a thankless job and so i have what i call one i have several immutable laws in my life and one of them is give to give and i remind myself of that when i go give to give joe <laughs> because it can be thankless and it's my like whether it's my money or my collaborative's money or investors but it's me on the line you know yeah um if it all goes to hell and back yeah that's it yeah you know um yeah. like and you know with covid so running theater and shows during covid <sighs> wow that was a challenge and it's my money yeah I've i know self invested into these projects so i know i know no one gets it no you know? that, yep and that's why i think even and there's an actor that's why even now i'm so much more like helpful and i because i've been on both sides mm. you know um you know and that's so when you get you know you, it takes years to even get a project up and then you and then you know you you want to obviously you know get the right person to play that role and then and then what happens then you've got you know the agents <laughs> like yourself and going well actually you know we want more money for this actor and then you and as a producer you're like oh gosh because you know you work so you know what i mean you've only got a particular amount of budget it's really hard even to get it to that point you know can you actually have more money actually there isn't actually there you know money there to actually go around Hi. because if i pay because we'll, in our minds if we go if we pay this actor whatever amount of money more than what is minimum whatever it is then that means that we can't then pay a, a crew member who who is actually essential for our, for the production do you know what i mean that means it, so this is again it's a flow on effect for, with everybody on set absolutely um you know and it does impact then the actor ultimately because it impact time it does so, it always so you might say time. well now we can't afford to be here on this day on set for yeah. x amount of hours That's because right. of the cost so we're going to yeah. have to reduce yes. potentially the quality we don't yes. want to do that so there's it's That's, an absolute i know problem. That's what i mean so it's constant you know negotiation and constant thing of going but i think sometimes but again for me because i'm both sides of the camera i um you know i see that bigger picture so yeah. often i'm like okay you know what can i do to help how can i you know help you you know even with uh, you know 
emerging, you know, creatives who are trying to do their thing for the first time. Um, I'm often every year mentoring as well as part of WIFT, the Women in Film and Television uh, mm. group, um, which is really important. And, you know, again, it's I, because I know what it's like to have gone through all that, you know, and as I said, I'm still emerging, but I'm still, you know, trying to reach in, and, and do bigger projects, but I'm also you know, willing to help and as much as I can with other, with other emerging filmmakers and creatives because I know what it's like, you know, to, and sometimes we just need to give some people some support to actually, oh, just some advice, you know. Yeah. If, you know, if, if I can prevent someone from making the same mistakes as me, <laughs> then that's great, or to leave, <laughs> prevent them from going through the same pain, then, then that's a good thing, you know. I mean, we have so many, you know, creatives that don't even consider their craft as a business, I suppose. Um, what's your take on that? Do you, as an artist and creative, you take that more business approach, don't you? Yeah, because it, it is a business. And look, it, look, it's one of those things that I've also learned, you know, along the way as well, you know. Uh, but I think uh, from a producer's hat, the first thing I often think of is audience and the marketing side. I, I always tend to start that side you know, in terms of when I then have to package everything up together because you might have something amazing, but if you if no one knows about it, right, um, it. then then no one's going to know about it. Um, so, you know, you, you have to think about all those things. Yeah, and, and as, as actors as well, um, you know, you are a business, you know, people need to know that you are reliable. Can you, you know, are you nice to work with? Uh, you know, do you you know, are you a collaborator? Are you a team player, right? Again, it's it's all the, um, you know, not the I people. You can tell it, you know. Um, I've been on set many times where, and people don't know I'm, I'm a producer. You know, they see, see me as another actor, which is fine. And, um, and but you can tell the ones where that it's all about them, you know, and they're very, um, they're not giving in terms of the team. Um, mm. And and I just make a mental note and I go, well, would I ever work with that person again? or would I hire them next time, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I would because you want the ones who, who again, they are there, they are present, they they do the work, you know. They're, mm. they're being paid really well, you know, even if, even if you're not paid, that's another thing, you know. Um, you, you do the work. You still be professional. You do the best job you can because even if it's something like, I don't know, a low budget short film or something it still took the key creatives a hell of a lot of work to even to get it up to be able to shoot it anyway you know and they've probably put a lot of their own money into you know to get it up so it's it's like that yeah, so absolutely. um yeah so you you know it is but it's like that and um but it but I think it's that juggle between the three roles I know you asked this before it is something where you know if I'm producing you know the acting and the writing does then have to take a, a stand back because when you're in the mode of producing and you're on set, you know, that's what you're focusing on. Uh, it's it, So you, I find it difficult to kind of step out, if that makes sense. Like yeah, I have absolutely. to then, yeah. So, you know, with making Unsound, I, I did have to sacrifice the acting and hold off because I just wasn't present enough, you know. And, and it's, also, um, it's also hard, you know, when you've got a day job as well because I was also yeah. then working as an optometrist to try to obviously then recover financially, right? Um, you know, again, you know, and I've got kids, you know, so you need to, it's hard, you know, in terms of prep and making sure that, you know, you can. All the wheels turn, are turning. Yeah, turn around that self-test yeah. in 24 hours and all that kind of stuff, right? Yeah, you do have more projects on the go. So Unsound is one, that's great. And you've got all these other things you've done, but you've got um, an online series called Suka that you've co-wrote and you are producing. producing yeah. Plus you've got a feature film um, being supported by Film Vic um, and, yeah, called My Eyes. Let's start with Suka. Tell us about that. How's that going? <laughs> yeah, I know. Call me crazy, right? It's like after all that experience with Unsound, I'm like doing it again. It's like what the hell? Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, no, so that, one, that one's a, a fun action interactive drama online so it's um it's like a choose your own adventure do you know back in the day you love those books that you actually yes. choose your own adventure yeah so we've created yeah, my a husband series was talking like about that. choose your own adventure books the other day with yeah. my daughter yep 
I'm like, oh my gosh, we should get you choose your own adventure books. They're so cool. They're so good, right? It's like what exactly like now these days, the kids like they read different things, right? So yes, yeah. yeah, so, but it's called interactive series in terms of how that is, um, in terms of format. But that's how that's how, do how people we choose their own adventure. <laughs> yeah, no, but so it's 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 very it's not really done on many platforms. YouTube does it quite well. Like, or you yeah. there is a functionality to be able to you know you watch something and then you go oh click here click one oh, this path like or click Minecraft. two path. Kind of like that, I guess. Like, I know it's a game. I get it. Yeah, but yeah, the idea yeah. that you can click, you can click and, and pick you your to path a visual on to the a screen. visual, yeah. So a different storyline. Yeah, that so, sort of technology. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, as I mentioned, I'm always a bit before my time. But however, um, that this one so cool. Yeah, yeah, and it's a cool action one. It's female led. Um, it's like a revenge tragedy. But the the main point again, me and my social impact hat on. The main mm. point is about to show the consequences of actions and inactions. Everything you do or don't do matters. There is. There's a flow on effect. And so, and because we're trying to target young, the YA audience and the young people to go, okay, think about it. It's like with COVID, right? Every person's action or action, it has a flow on effect to, to hundreds of thousands of people potentially, right? Mm-hmm. And some people don't think like that. So it's kind of like going, okay, you, you know, by getting the audience to click, it's like, okay, I'm having a choice. Do I get this person to pick up the knife or do I get them to not pick up the knife? You know, what wow, actually I happens when... This is exciting. This yeah. is very, very much forward thinking. I love that. I mean, I actually have that sort of thought process when um, it comes to decision-making. Uh, if you say when you don't make a decision, you're really saying no. Because if you're not saying yes, and but you sit in indecision, you're saying no to an opportunity or whatever. So that's why I always think about that whenever I have a big decision to make. By sitting in indecision, it's a no. And there is a flow-on effect yeah. from the things we do, but also from the things we don't do. Yep, definitely. Sometimes what we don't do can be worse as well. So it just depends, yes. right? Oh, it depends on the severity of it. Exactly. It depends on the, yeah. So it's, it's about that. And um, we want to make it fun. It's very multicultural. Um, and, um, you know, it, it's, and we took, again, took years to get up um, because I wanted to make sure we could finance the series at least to be able to pay people something, you know. Mm. Um, so and, and this can't be going to, the, this won't be featured in the cinema then because people have to be able to click, right? Yeah, yeah. So we've kind of, we do have a distributor, fortunately, um, who's US-based, but they've got an online platform um, that can actually be geo-blocked here in Australia, New Zealand, um, who can Mm -hmm. actually play it. Um, But then um, the series will be exploited overseas as well. Yeah, so um, it's, um, it's, yeah, so it can be packaged up into a linear long form, which which is like a feature film format if we need to as well. Yeah, yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. I love that. Okay, mm. cool. So you got that one. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yes, which we're just trying to, yes, we're, we're just trying to uh, confirm the actors that we want. When will that be out? Like, what's the uh, goal? What's the dream? Oh, the, well, the goal is to, sh- to shoot this this year in June. That's, the, that's, what, that's what we're aiming for. Yeah, at that's the moment. amazing. Okay, cool. Got to keep our eyes out for that one. That's amazing. And then mm-hmm. you've got My um, my Eyes, your feature film. The feature, You're not yeah. going to be doing that all at the same time, surely. Uh, no, well, look, no, no, definitely not. Um, but uh, hopefully, again, after. <laughs> so yeah. we're, we're just, again, packaging that up. So that's something, that obviously, that I wrote. It's very close to my heart. Um, it's a heartfelt family drama. Um, it was actually inspired by events of my life when I volunteered at the Paralympic Games back in 2000 in Sydney mm-hmm. and um, I actually fell in love with a vision impaired judo athlete um, no joke that's actually what happened uh, but uh, you know again you do the whole societal norm thing you go what the hell am I doing you know what I mean like I don't even know this guy am I gonna like completely just you know stop optometry in my whole career like just travel across the world and be with this guy you know so it's more of a it's more of a, um, a film for women you know because I think sometimes as we get older we we do we do make a lot of sacrifices and and um and we got to think back and go have we followed our heart or uh, you know or not in certain things and um but you know the, the drama in it and this is where it's all made up in that sense is is the the fact that you know the mother um has to reach back out to uh, um her this the past lover when she discovers that her daughter's uh father is actually not the true biological father it's actually the guy she hooked up with before at the Paralympic Games so you know but she has to reach back out to him 
to help save her, her daughter's vision, which is also starting to deteriorate a, a little bit as well. So oh. it's a it's a very um it's a heartfelt story that's it's a, I call it like a love letter to my family because it's it's intermixed with my family's um, experiences and and my own. Um, Will you be acting in that one? Well, yeah, I'll be acting in this one. Um, so hence why I've got other producers and other, other directors, because I am not doing both of them at the same time. Uh, yeah. Um, and it's taken us a very long time to find, um, the right vision impaired judo athlete as well, but we have, um, and we're just in the middle of trying to cast, um, the right person, um, to play the husband as well. So we're in that casting phase. Yeah. Um, Amazing. Okay. You've obviously driven by so much inspiration, who or what inspires you the most? Oh, I've see. I'm very um, oh gosh. See, my heroines are Joan of Arc and or Sung Soo Ki, right? The real female pioneer, like the ones who really go. They're very sacrificial, as you can probably tell. Yes, I can see that. <laughs> yeah, they really, but they believe so much in what they believe in, right? And their vision and their goals, they go for it. And they're, you know, I mean, the, their stories are, aren't obviously very happy ones but what they do you know for the betterment of their country or their people is is um is inspiring and um something I just I again they're they're my heroines oh that's beautiful yeah Um, so what's next for Sue what's next for you well that's my that's my thing it's I mean my bigger goal is always the same thing you know to make a positive difference in the world where I can Mm. um with a special interest in you know, minority voices, and it's to basically be, you know, just to be able to have a sustainable career as a writer, as a producer, as an actor, mm-hmm. right? And that's fulfilling for me, yeah. um, you know, and to make sure that my family also contributes, you know, to a better place in the world, you know. Don't forget that I'm a mum as well. And yes. so, you know, um, that that's, that's it's that stuff. It's that intrinsic stuff um, yeah. from a bigger goal perspective. That's what keeps my fire burning. Yeah, yeah, I love that. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on the show today. I've loved seeing you here. I mean, you know, like I said, we've known each other for a long time, but, you know, through the industry and it's great to actually have a really deep connected conversation with you. So thank you so much. Um, if people want to find more about, find out more about you or what you're doing, where can they find you? Ah, well, you know, the typical social media sites, right? There's wisegoatproductions.com. Uh, um, there's also myself, you know, on Facebook, on Insta as well. Yeah, beautiful. Um, and we'll pop those links in the show notes for everyone as well and your production company. So if anyone wants to check that out and see what you've got coming up next, that's yeah, amazing. No worries. All right. Thank you so much, Sue. You take care. Yeah, thanks for having me. It's been wonderful. Thanks, Joe. Bye. If you enjoyed listening and would like to hear more, be sure to click subscribe. If you're really feeling the love, share us with your friends. To work with me or to simply find out more about the magic of creativity, arts and business, head to my website, josephinelancuba.com and you can find me on socials. I also have a book that I've co-written with a bunch of amazing entrepreneurial women called The Women Changing the World. And you can grab a copy of that at josephinelancuba.com forward slash books. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.